Hello? Hello? Rethink. Rethink. Reimagine. Reimagine. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay America. Hey everybody, I'm Sam and you're watching OK America. Today we have Ruby Simon, Gavin Fortenberry talking about school. This is the Back to School special. Welcome. And you guys, I'm guessing, are both back on your campuses right now or in your neighborhoods. Are you, Gavin? I'm actually still in, I came back to Seattle, but yeah. I was going to UCLA in California. Nice, nice. Oh, so you're not going anymore. Well, so I'm still doing online classes, but I'm uh, campus just got shut down. They just kept cutting more and more people off campus. Yeah. So there's barely anybody there right now except for international students. Um, who don't have anywhere else to go, basically. Sure. So, yeah. Well, I get that. It's probably a lot easier to just be home. Yeah, I mean, financially, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everybody's adjusting. It's a it's a different setup. Or, For sure. I'm not sure. All right, well, basically, yeah, this is um, Juliet, guys. This is the other host in America. Um, and, yeah, we're, I think we're just going to start off. You guys can just introduce yourselves, give a little backstory, and we'll just kind of start talking about um, your experiences with school and like kind of your fears with COVID and what you kind of expect for the future. Gavin, you want to start? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, my name is Gavin. Um, I live in Seattle, Washington, and I am a second year student at UCLA and I am a public affairs and public health minor, uh, public affairs major, public health minor. Um, and I moved back here from LA probably in March, mid-March. We got a three-day notice, um, and we all had to leave campus within three days. So that was a little stressful, um, you know, booking flights, leaving our room, not really knowing what's going on with the virus. And I was actually really sick at the time as well. Um, and so that was just another added level of stress. But I made it back here, and I've been doing online classes ever since, and it's been up and down, definitely, but I'm making it work. Have you been doing you've been doing online classes with UCLA? I'm guessing, right? You didn't like defer and go to community college or anything. Yeah, so I stuck with UCLA just because I like I've had a lot of other things going on up here too. Um, so yeah. I moved houses in Seattle a couple times since I've been back, and I've had like various different things going on, and so I figured it would just be better for me just to keep it, you know, continuous. Um, but the tuition has been rough and I don't have that big of a scholarship. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know personally, like, what do you, what, would you like to go back to school under these circumstances? Like, would that make you kind of nervous to just like be in, in person classes and knowing that you're at risk of kind of catching something? All right. Um, yeah. So I think basically, Right now, I wouldn't want to go back on campus. So I know a lot of people like are just trying to get out of the house and they want to be back in LA, even though yeah. it's just online classes. But me personally, that's just not what I want to do, right? Because if, if I'm going to be on campus for me, like I want to have like the experience that I'm paying for and like be around as many people as possible, but not in these circumstances. You know what I mean? It's just not, I just don't personally feel comfortable with it right now. Um, because I know the curve is going down and everything like that. Um, but it could easily come back up. And I know I've had a lot of like illnesses and life sicknesses in my lifetime. And so I just don't want to put yeah. myself into any 
unnecessary risk for my grandma because my grandma lives in LA too. I don't want to expose her to totally. any risk or anything like that. So the parties can wait, the friends can wait for me. Yeah, stick sure. it out. Um, kind of the same boat too. Like for a while at Western, that's where I go. Um, they were they were going to give you the option to kind of do like hybrid classes, and some professors would allow you to come in class, and some would just be like, just go online completely. But um, yeah, I'm still pretty shook. I don't know, I don't know about it. For sure, yeah. It was. I think I'm pretty used to the class setup now. Yeah, I, just, I miss like like some of my best memories at college is going to like. I mean, besides all the social stuff, was like interacting with my TAs, you know what I mean? Totally. And like being able to go to office hours and being able to go to lunch with like some of the professors and TAs and stuff and just talk about the subject material or get help on those papers or get help on those assignments, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, and I don't that, think that person factor really makes a difference. 100%. And I think the... The thing is, is like a lot of people now are like, oh, well, you can still do that online over Zoom with like office hours and everything like that. But it's a lot more, I mean, to be frank, it's just awkward, right? Yeah, totally. It's way weirder to log into somebody's Zoom call instead yeah. of going up to them in their office and being like, hey, I'm really struggling with your class. Can you help me out? Like, it's just yeah, it's not as it's genuine. Weird. No, it's it's not genuine at all, but... I think everybody's just trying to... Yeah, we're all just kind of doing our best, trying to like figure out how to read, I mean, go about life in the, the way, best way we can. For sure. So a, a little backstory. So Gavin and I, we, I think we met like, we were probably like middle school. We played like school rock together, which is basically like, they get these kids to go on stages and venues in Seattle and stuff. And you just play like, I don't know, like classic rock shows. Like we, we did like, rock, punk, yeah. So yeah, that's how we know each other. And then Ruby and I, we basically kind of grew up together from a pretty young age. We went to Jewish private school together. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, Ruby, tell us about your background and kind of what it's been like at Tulane. Yeah, so I'm a junior at Tulane um, and I'm a dance and theater major. So online classes really, you know, hit studio work hard um, yep. and it was difficult to do. We got sent home similarly in mid-March. And mm -hmm. um, I'm from Seattle, so I went from New Orleans, where Tulane is, back to Seattle um, to be with my family. And doing class from home was hard, um, not just yeah. because of the time difference and, you know, having to give presentations at 6 a.m. for my 8 a.m. classes. How does that work for doing, like, dance stuff? Like, are you, like, try, are you, like, learning? Is it kind of just like you're, you, like, watching YouTube in a way? Like, you're just learning dance from dance videos or something? So we would have sort of creative assignments from our professors and we would submit videos of ourselves doing the assignments. Um, we did a lot more on sort of the academic side of dance scholarship and a little bit of dance history. Um, yeah. But it was definitely difficult to take sort of a full technique class. The only thing that I think translated well over Zoom is a ballet bar. Um, I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with that, but... It's yeah. Well, there's sort of like a set um, vocabulary of movement, and mm -hmm. once you get proficient enough in it, you know how to correct yourself. So really, it's just sort of like you know when you're practicing your music, you know what you need to practice, and you know where you're slipping up, so you can catch yourself. I can totally see like it being really hard. Like I have a bunch of friends that are going to like music school and art school or whatever, really, and doing that kind of stuff, especially, I feel like it can be really hard over Zoom or online. 
It's yeah. just not, the, I mean, it's not the same, you know? It's not at all. Um, my school's actually doing something really cool. Last night I yeah. auditioned for an entirely Zoom theater performance. So cool. we show up in these little boxes and we did our monologues and, you know, they gave us prompts to work with and they're putting together an entire show over That's Zoom. That's awesome. Are, you, are they going to have just like a bunch of people just tuning in to kind of watch? Is it going to be like a full broadcast kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's going to be broadcast over Zoom. Um, and you can nice. join sort of seminar style where the audience members won't be seen. Um, but they can join and watch the performers. Totally. So what's it going to be like for you on campus? Like, um, I'm guessing every, they're doing completely online, right? Um, actually, not completely online. There was an option for any student that wanted to be completely online, that um, certain classes would be offered online, but certain ones just couldn't be entirely offered online, especially a lot of the courses that I'm taking. For sure. Yeah, so everyone anywhere on campus, we have to wear your mask, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm inside by myself right now, so I can take mine off. Um, I'm also on... Yeah, I'm in uniform right now. I don't know if you can kind of see. I'm on duty as an EMT. Um, so I volunteer as an EMT on Tulane's campus. Um, so I get to see sort of what's going on in terms of cases on campus and, um, Damn, so you're really like on the inside of that. Yeah. But yeah, what about, what about the other hosts we got here? Do you guys got any other questions? I think it's interesting. Um, Hey guys, um, I'm Dr. B. I used to be a former college professor and taught for seven years. Um, and also was an advisor and an academic resource specialist um, over all of, well, about 12 campuses. And way back in the day, um, they started this online program. This is something that started a long time ago. Now we're being forced to do it. But I remember back in the day when it was just getting started. And I remember it being such a big learning curve for the college students then. And at the college I was teaching at was for adult learners. So to take adult learners um, that really weren't familiar with the online technology and then force them to use the online technology was a huge learning curve. But that's exactly the direction that, you know, a lot of the campuses went in to, to have an online program to meet the needs of adult learners who wanted more flexibility because they had work schedules yeah. and they wanted to go to school. But having said that, Having said that, I did my entire doctoral program online. So um, I know exactly what that feels like to have to turn homework in in different time zones and do group projects. And actually, I did it to the extreme. So what I'm saying is the, the, the students or the, the um, I remember my advisor at the time asking me if I had, you know, all of my hookups and everything together that I needed, the, the online and and what if my online doesn't work, then where am I going to go? And just like Juliet, I was getting uh, Wi-Fi from Starbucks, actually. At the time. <laughs> That's when the Wi-Fi signal was really popular at Starbucks, at least for those who were going to school. So I think there's a with instructors, there's a there has to be a reasonable expectation for you to be able to get things totally. done. But of course, you know, there's in this time, I would imagine there's probably a lot more flexibility Definitely. than there normally. Like, I, I got to say that like, COVID is not awesome. It kind of sucks. They're doing online classes, but 
can you can get away with some crazy excuses for missing assignments to be honest maybe i think i think teaching actually i think teaching school online is harder and i think going to school online is it is because like it's so easy to get into your own schedule too and you're just sitting at home kind of doing your own thing and then like school is i don't know when, for me at least when i'm not going to a class in person like it's really hard for me to be disciplined in the same it takes a lot of discipline. Yeah, it, you said that's the biggest thing, bro. Like that's that's the biggest thing I found too. Is like I thought I was independent until <laughs> like online school started. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard because like you realize how much you rely on the structure, right? Yeah. And how comfortable it is. Like I, mm-hmm. I think even on campus, like sometimes I would be so stressed out. I'd have a billion things to do, but I'd be like, hey, at least I can accomplish something if I show up to this room at this time and sit through a class and take notes and do my due diligence, right? Yeah. But if I'm here in my basement, I'm like, nah, I could just go play guitar or something. I'm like, I can just watch the lecture later or whatever, right? Or I can yeah. just I can just get notes from my friend or talk about it later. I don't need to so show up. That Sunday night too, like this is what I experienced last quarter. Like that Sunday night, just kind of getting all your assignments together last minute and just cramming it all in. That's something that I'm still trying to kind of figure out in terms of balancing it out. But um, you'll be doing that for the rest of yeah. your life. <laughs> so, so is this, does this feel temporary or is this the new sort of world order? I mean, you know, both of you guys, our guests have, um, you experienced last year college, right? And you're on campus Mm-hmm. And college is all the things we're talking about, but college is a lifestyle. Yeah. And and school may not have been taken away from you, but lifestyle's been taken away from you. Totally. Right. And and so compare that for me between because for me, this would either be extremely motivating or completely off the rails on focusing, right? Or defocusing. Um you know what I mean? It's sort of like we're in an ADD world. We're looking at screens with multiple things going on at the same time. Because you could literally do your homework and eat something and, and you know, God knows what you can be doing underneath your desk and whatever. So the rea- that's my whole point is, is what's that comparison? Is it, does this feel to your generation like this is the new normal? I mean, I it does. Yeah, I, I wanted to feel temporary, but like, who knows? Like, we can't really tell what's going to happen. Just like we couldn't tell this was going to happen. But I got to say, what it does make me feel is I'm if I ever get the opportunity to experience college in the same way again, like I'm definitely going to not take it for granted because I was definitely taking it for granted before. I agree 100%. Yeah. Do you think that this makes college less necessary? So say in a world where there is no live classes, where there is no college campus culture. I mean, Google just released uh, this whole new way of training where they're saying, you know, if you don't can't go to a four-year college, we have these Google courses for you that you can treat as degrees. Um, so if you don't have live classes and you can go at your own pace, it's really going to separate those people who are motivated to get a degree because they want a degree. They're going to do whatever it takes, whether it's in person, online, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're motivated. And the people who are not motivated by that and really are kind of getting through college Maybe won't graduate, but are just kind of there going through the motions to see if it fits them. It's going to weed that out very quickly and make sure. this big divide. Yeah. And good or bad, both are great. Just whatever path you want to go to. So is college necessary anymore if you do not get that social aspect of the first time away from home with your peers and in-person classes? Why go to college? I guess it really depends what you're trying to get out of college. 
in the first place. Yeah. Like some people, I mean, people go for all different kinds of reasons. Some people really just want to get that degree and they don't really care whether they're having a college lifestyle or whatever. And some people really do just kind of want to go there and just kind of, I don't want to say mess around, but like just What percentage out. of people out of high school go on to college and know exactly why they're going to school and what they want no. to do? No, no, no. You go for the experience, you go for the four years of that next level of freedom, right? You go to try out your identity, you go to try out your sexuality, you go to try out your socializing but somebody who adds, you're on campus now, and it's an abbreviated campus experience, but it's your experience. By adding all this extracurricular, by volunteering on campus, does that give you more of the experience you had last year? I think it does, because there are certain people that I get to interact with in closer ways than other students would be able to, because I work together in crews um, when I'm doing my volunteering. And I still get to feel like I'm connected to the campus okay. community and giving back to the school that I'm going to. It's engaging. Yeah. Um, so I think this particular extracurricular volunteering as an EMT engaging. definitely yeah. is engaging and connects me to fellow students. So the three of you are people who look, I assume, to entertainment of whatever kind and the arts as your career or hopefully as your career. And so, so when you think about that, again, today's college student who knows what they want to do, right? And you're looking at an industry, Broadway's been closed for five months. They don't know when they're reopening. I was just on earlier today with, with a filmmaker. No one's making films. It's really, really hard to, to, to make films. Uh, concerts are becoming the Zoom virtual nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> is again, are you, do you believe that this is temporary and you're going to find the space or are you adjusting to the new performing order? So I would like to comment on that if I may. Um, sure. So sure. Personally, my, my art form that I, I am really passionate about is music, and I know Sam feels the same way for a lot of different things. Um, and so I've been recently, I've actually, so when I was in high school, before all of this COVID stuff started, I got into like producing and like writing my own lyrics and like like recording and stuff like Good. that. And that kind of transitioned me from having to play with multiple people in person to be able being able to do most of the music production and writing and the process myself. Totally. And, and so I think the nice part about this and what I've been saying with some of my friends were telling me who also make music is that for us who do a lot of producing and stuff already with hardware in a small space and online, not online, but on the computer and in different um, DAWs, which are digital audio workspaces, this is kind of like, we consider this an incubation period. Yes, yeah, this is the grand period. It's okay. like a chance to really get on our our music because our art form doesn't require being with a ton of other people. I mean, that's the, that's the hard thing about music too. Like, um, oh, honestly, art in point. general. Like, I feel like collaboration is something that really fuels a lot of art and makes it the best. But no, you're totally right about like at least for for what we're doing. Um, yeah. Sitting in a basement for like twelve hours a day and like working on music, like that's not very hard to do. It's not hard, but uh, and I think it's a good chance to improve your skills, definitely. Um, so proud of you, Sam. <laughs> the thing Sorry, I worry about, oh, no, no problem. 
yeah. the thing I worry about is like some of my best memories involving music is like going to house shows that like Sam mm-hmm. does that and like different things around University of Washington mm-hmm. and going to like college concerts and like going to big concerts and everything like that. And like, that's a huge part of why I make music is because I love the live experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I'm making all of my songs, I have the live experience in my mind when I'm making my music personally. That's not everybody, but that's just how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think that it's, I, I'm not sure how that's going to end up. Right. Because yeah, oh, like, so basically at this new house, I just moved into where we, I mean, we, we moved into here wanting to throw house shows and events and stuff like that. Like even like dance shows or whatever, but um, it's going to be really hard to make that happen right now. Cause obviously, and I don't know if that's even going to look like, like cramming like 50, 75 people in a room like that just sounds like a pretty terrible idea right now. I was talking to a group of um, performers who just graduated from University of Illinois and they bought a old school bus, like the Partridge uh, family school bus, kind of like old school, retrofitted it with speakers um, and generators. And they're going to travel the country and give free concerts around the streets for people to come out of their house and listen to live music. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? That's really cool. Also, yeah. Yeah, something we want to do too is like try to like figure out a way to social distance people outside at least and try to make shows happen that way. I was going to yeah. ask, you know, everyone's doing music and everyone's an artist and everyone's a dancer. Everyone's a singer. Who the hell's making everyone's- a living? That's what she wants to know. Right. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> what are your plans? Okay, so we do this art. We, You know, there's, there's a saying and it's called starving artists. Yeah. And they call it starving artists for a reason. So the question is, how do you guys plan on making your art stand out? Because now that everyone's online, you're seeing an overabundance of these artists. You're probably seeing an overabundance of people who, you know, they weren't doing it yesterday. Now they yeah. are because they they didn't have the time. Now they're forced to sit down and maybe now they pick up their totally. guitar. So, so you, how do you stand out? Are you kind of talking about like the intimidation factor of like seeing all that around? I guess for me personally, like I try to, I don't know. I, I try not to like think about it like that. Like I'm not trying to think about how I'm going to stand out I'm more just trying to be really true to what I'm feeling, what I want to make, mm-hmm. what I enjoy personally. Mm-hmm. I use what I see around me as inspiration and try to like use that for the better in my way. But yeah, what about you guys with like dancing and writing, producing? Yeah. How do you stand out? For me personally, I think it's right on par with Sam. Like, I, like a lot of people who are doing music, like, as you said, like a lot of people are starting music now too, especially because of COVID. They're like, Oh, like I can sing, like I sang in choir and like sit straight. I can be the next pop star. But like, for me, it's like, I, like I have, I have so much going on in my head all the time that I just, I have to get it out. Yeah. Um, I have to write. I have to talk about my story. Like, it's you know, that where I go insane. And so, like, I guess me standing out is just being myself, not imitate like all the people that I look up to. Right. And I think that's where a lot of artists go wrong is like, they want to be the next this or they want to be the next J. Cole or they want to be the next Macklemore or whatever. Right. What they don't expect is people really like appreciate and relate to people that can like kind of just be true to themselves and put themselves out there like that. 
Yeah. And so I think, I think the way that plays out for me is just not even on purpose, but like sometimes the music that I'll make, it doesn't really sound like anything I've heard because I'm just making music after making my own music and then listening to that and then making more music and listening to stuff like that. Um, and just being authentic with my story. You know what I mean? That's plain and simple. If you're authentic and you have something to say and it's original, I think people will hear it at some point or another. That's how I've met some of my best artist friends is I'm like, Hey, you're not, you're not fronting. Like you, you have something to say, right? I think that especially like say, so with music, you know, you can record a show or make a song and you can get that track out there even just on a podcast or anywhere. And it's a little bit more easy than maybe like a, a visual concert, like we were talking about, right. Creating all of that. So for like for Ruby, I think that people who are into like the acting, dancing, all that, this time has been such a gift to be able to access other parts of your creative muscle. So say, so I work in this, in the entertainment industry and all the studios are shut down. So I now had to not only be a producer and talent, I had to become a better writer, a better video editor. And I've had to then look at this challenge as a creative outlet. So I was just thinking, I was like, if Ruby choreographed a dance and she danced it like 10 different times in 10 different costumes, 10 different ways, and then learned how to edit that video together to create a final project that was so multidimensional, but you're taking your craft and you're elevating it in a way that was not thought of before. And when we have things like pandemics and we get out of the normal little trudgery or what's expected or expect to have this college experience. And now it's different. It is such a gift for our creative mind. So instead of recreating a concert, think what is a concert, you know, instead of like trying to just recreate an at home concert, how can you elevate that idea? Totally. That's a sound bite, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, Ruby, what's your goal with uh, with dance? What do you want to yeah. do? What was it before school started and what is it now? Before school started this year or before school started as in before I went to college? Before, when you decided to become a, uh, you know, a dance major, you had a vision of what you wanted to do with it and, and has that changed and what's it now? Well, I just really enjoyed dance. Um, I was never a competitive dancer. I went to a community studio, but I started at around age four, like a lot of people do taking little kid ballet classes, but I did it all through high school. And then I ended up in college and found the dance department and the faculty and the other students were really great. And so I ended up taking more classes and it just sort of seemed like I was on a track to be a dance major, which makes it sound like I just kind of fell into it. It was definitely more purposeful than that. Um, Mm -hmm. But in terms of plans for after, I mean, I would love to keep being a performing artist in some way, shape or form. Um, But I know that that's going to have to look differently than I thought it would. You know, I've, I've learned how to do some of my own lighting and my own self taping, like you were talking about. just because that's what I have to do now. Um, yeah. I think this, this whole experience is going to make just every artist an amazing producer in terms of just videotaping, yeah. mm-hmm. whatever. Like audio <laughs> I mean, you're going to be able to work out. You're not going to have to pay somebody to do it because we're just going to have so much practice just being on our own, trying to find out the best way to do everything. Yeah, that's what an artist does. You know, it's interesting going back to what Julia said, which was brilliant, mm-hmm. because here's the thing. An artist has to be creative. And so 
you know, you're like being forced to tap into that side of you that you didn't even think you would have to tap into. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so cool that really you're being stretched. A true artist does not mind being stretched. It's a gift. Because that, that's a gift. Exactly. That helps you to really become more of who you are when you have to go deep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, day, the days of saying that, well, I'm a star and I'm just the one star. Those days have long been over. Uh, but we have been entertaining the thought for far too long. Those I days. I don't think the star days are over. I have, I no, yo, you can be a star, but I'm saying you don't just walk onto set and like, all oh, I do is do my talent and then I leave. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. You need to be a good writer, a good producer, good at your craft. If you are like a singer, say a singer, you need to be an excellent singer. And you also need to know what's happening. Every other part of that totally. production and it's been that way for a long time, but people still had, I think, this falsity in their mind. They could simply be good at one thing and make it. Totally. And I mean, back to what Gavin was saying earlier, too. Like, um, I, I've been, I'm following so many people that I know from high school on Instagram that are just like, they've in the past few months, they've decided to become pop stars. And they're just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know a couple people who you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, you know. I hope they don't listen. Sorry, guys. How do you feel about that, you guys? Like name drops, I'm not, but... Not name dropping, no. no name- How do you feel about that? You've been in school, you've been working hard, and then all of a sudden, this person... They, they don't have to do the homework they ha- because, I mean, it's your choice to be in school, right? And these people, they choose not to be in school or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're on, they have a million followers or they're an overnight sensation, overnight sensation. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, I mean that, it sucks, but that's the way it works. That's it for everyone, right? <laughs> I, don't get, I, don't, I don't really get uncomfortable by it. I mean, unless I see some people that are just really not genuine at all. Like I've, I've known a couple people who have like, not blown up, but gained a pretty decent following. And it just kind of pisses me off. I'm like, dude, you really have just been like doing this stuff as a joke. Like you, like, it's not like something you actually care about, but like yet people are going to your shows and like listening to your music and stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, I don't care, but I don't know. It's, it's a little frustrating, but at the same time, like that's the beauty of being an artist is you don't really have, like, it's about you, right? It's not about anybody else. And I think everybody understands that. Like, like, reaching that point where you do understand that too as an artist like kind of that's, that's a milestone right there yeah it's so a milestone you do get like famous or whatever before you even hit that and that's that's what that's, it is what it is patience is also really important for me too um i think you guys will relate to this like like it's so much different to be an artist now because there's instant gratification right yeah. it's like everybody wants to be an artist now everybody wants to do something creative because there's instant gratification right if some girl from my high school makes a half-assed song, she can get 20,000 plays oh, yeah. in, in a day because it's instant gratification and like she's the popular girl, right? But like, and everybody can do that to an extent, right? It's like, oh, I put out a song, I get 20 likes, I feel good about myself. And it's so hard to fight that when you're trying to make like projects and different longer length things where you really have to think about it. Like, so for example, I don't mean to overshare, but like, I'm working on a project myself. I'm working on an album right now that I've been working on since like the beginning of this year. And I've debated like, oh, well, should I just release like one song at a time and get creative with each song or whatever? And then you have to really think, what is my motivation for doing that? Is it because I want the, the recognition and the, the instant gratification? 
or do I really want to make something that's accurate to myself and make a full length project, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's amplified in COVID right now too, is because I think there's kind of just like this low level, like general, like depression, like going on, like with a lot of people. And that's also because we just don't have in-person contact. Gavin, right? Gavin what's, your, what's your stage name? Oh, it's just 2000 Gavin. No, I go by 2KG. Might as well use this as 2KG. PR. Love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2000 Gavin. Follow me on Instagram at 2000 Gavin underscore. <laughs> yeah. Ruby, where can we find your dance? Do you have stuff online we can see of yours? You know, I don't yet. Um, Get on because it. Because all of my auditions were in person, so I'm working on it. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, anyways, we should. We're gonna the get to a commercial break really quick. Our sponsor, Cabana. Ever uncertain. More than ever, we're looking for ways to better our life, better our day, and redefine what it means to feel well. We at Cabana Health, an Oklahoma-based GMP and kosher certified manufacturer of hemp-derived ingredients and finished products, have had a core mission. All of us and each of us must redefine what it means to live well. Whether it's our tinctures, topical, or pet products, Kavana Health remains committed to the highest standards of production and packaging with the highest quality industrial hemp and a state-of-the-art extraction lab. Come shop with us at www.kavanahealth.com or say hello on Facebook and Instagram at kavana.health. We are Kavana Health, redefining wellness. And that was our sponsor. Thanks for joining us again. Um, let's recap what we were just talking about, Julia. So Ruby had to hop off. Thank you, Ruby, for joining us. She is such a wise soul, and I'm wishing you all the best here. Okay, America, we all are wishing you the best. Before uh, she hopped off, she did share with us that what she would say to kids coming into college for the first time, what she wants to say to those high school seniors who are out there right now. And she emphasized the importance of it not being about you. You should enjoy your college experience. This is a new, wonderful time for your growth. Be social, have fun. But remember, your college professors are there because they have a job and they're supporting their families and they have to be there. You going to college is, is a choice. You're choosing to go. You're paying for the experience. Your professors... This is their job. So to be respectful and responsible if you are going to in-person classes and to really know that getting them sick could be very detrimental. So just to take care and really step outside yourself because that is such an exciting time as college is and you have a lot of going on within. You really make sure that you're also paying attention to what's going on outside of yourself. So I thought that was great, Ruby. Thank you again for joining us with all of your wisdom and loveliness. All right, back into it. Anyways, Gavin, do, do you have any advice for um, seniors in high school that just graduated that are thinking about going to college or what? I mean, whatever they end up doing. Ooh, senior. Ooh, I, I mean, I, it feels like I was a senior just the other day. Honestly, Jamie, um, you were. You were. We were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's true. Um, I would say go into things with an open mind. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of things that you're not going to plan on happening. Regardless of COVID happening or not, I think being able to adjust and getting out of your comfort zone, it should be your top priority. Um, 
and make friends. Don't just sit in your room all day. I know some people that it doesn't matter what college you go into. I know everybody wants to study and everybody wants to get really good grades. But while you're there in such a social, immersive environment, you gotta you gotta interact with other people and hang out. You never know who you're gonna meet, right? And I yeah. think especially in 2020, 2021, that's a big part of college is just making those connections. Um, I already have some really great friends in Los Angeles from the college that I've been to. And as much as the education portion of college is important, just, I mean, a lot of people say this, but it's the connections, I'm, I swear. Like, it's just really important, not only for your future career, but for your mental health, for your sanity, for your happiness, just interact with people. Totally. That's my advice. It's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> what about you, uh, Sam? Yeah, I definitely want Sam. Okay, okay. I'll spit it out. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with what Gavin was saying about um, putting yourself out there a little bit more, being around more people. Um, it is really easy to just kind of get in your own routine, kind of lose sense of that. But also, like, I don't know, trying new things. Like, that's something I would definitely do once, like, extracurriculars and activities open up. Like, just, I don't know, anything that you kind of think about, just random, like, anything. Just kind of try it out. It doesn't really hurt. Um yeah, be open to new experiences, new people, things you haven't done before. That's what I would say. Find balance in your life. Find out what works for you. Be a good human. That's important too, yeah. Yeah, there's that. But there's also room not to be in college. <laughs> it's, like yeah. the one social, it's like that one socially acceptable place to mess up a couple it's times. Total asshole. Yeah, totally. Not, not that, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. The key is you have to be willing to make mistakes. Totally. Yes. If I would, if I would give you an advice, one more piece of advice is, I mean, I said be open to different things, but also be open to change, right? So, um, a little quick thirty-second story. I entered college as a pre-med major, as a bio major. I didn't know exactly if I what I wanted to do, but I knew that biology interested me. First quarter, I failed biology. I failed, I failed college biology. I got really sick. I had a lot of things going on, and my I found. A random random class I was taking, I fell in love with it. And now I'm the major that that class I was in because I loved it so much. And it's not a STEM major, but it's really passionate and interesting to me. And so I would just say, don't listen to all the stereotypes and things going on with different majors or different classes or different departments. Just follow what you're passionate about and really just be self-aware. Like, are you in this class because you want to be? Are you in this class because you have to be? Do you like this class? Do you not like this class? And why? Why do you like that class? Awesome. And I think you'll be happy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, a great piece of advice. I think that's a great place to end this, honestly. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, Gavin. All of you, honestly. But um, yeah, I like the direction this took. It was definitely not what I expected. I like talking about music and art. I could do that forever. But um, yeah, this was really fun. Um, hopefully you have a good quarter, Gavin. Thank you. You too, Sam. Thanks, are, you Gavin. Still, are you still doing in classes? Am I, still, am I still what? Are you still doing classes this quarter? I am, yeah. I'm just doing online classes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. Good luck to you. Can't wait to hear your music out there. Yes, for sure. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Well, that should be a wrap for today. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, I'm Sam. It was a pleasure hosting with Gavin and Ruby, Dr. B, Juliet, Phil, the whole gang. You can find us on Instagram at OK America and Twitter at OK America Podcasts. Take care.